So I'm going to just uh, talk about the um, Bullock report uh, and the things they say. So um, uh, John referred to Theresa May. Uh, in July, uh, she was telling us there'd be workers on the boards in November. She seems to have changed her mind. She's not the first Prime Minister to have discussed this topic. Uh, Harold Wilson, back in 1973, seemed to be getting on board, but there has been, I think it's fair to say, a deafening silence between about the late 1970s and now uh, on this uh, topic. So... Um, where does this pressure for industrial democracy come from back in the 1960s? Um, one of the sources is the uh, Institute for Workers' Control, very much associated with Ken Coates and with Nottingham. Uh, that really gets underway in about 1964, has its first national conference. Uh, in 1968, which some of you may recall was quite an exciting year in a number of ways, um, one of the things that arose out of the ferment was that the institute was formally uh, formed in 1968. Uh, and um, it, it's important to note, and this is a, an area of confusion which underlies all of this debate in the 60s and 70s, is that as the title of the institute uh, talk, indicated, uh, Ken Coates and Co were not seeking uh, some sort of cosy uh, meeting of minds around a, a plush company board. Uh, they wanted workers to take control uh, of industry. Now, uh, John referred to the Donovan Commission, and I think it's worth just noting by way of context the world in which we were living at this time. Uh, trade union membership in 1979, not a coincidental date, reaches its highest ever membership. Unions begin to reach out to groups amongst whom they had previously been weak, uh, female workers, uh, workers in white-collar industries, and so on. And also, I think, crucially for my story, there is a very close relationship between the elite of the TUC and the elite of the Labour Party. So, for example, one finds Dennis Healy as Chancellor in the 1970s saying that the Labour Party and the TUC <coughs> depend upon each other, um, and uh, ministers saying the key requirement is to keep the TUC alongside uh, the government. Now, um, that's the context, and the left in the labour movement in the 60s and 70s begin to get on board with this idea, which is really the, the germinating coming from the uh, Institute for Workers' Control. Hugh Scanlon of the Engineers' Workers, Jack Jones, who's crucial to this story, uh, start to argue <coughs> in the late 60s that industrial democracy is a logical extension of trade unionism. And at the same time, the Wilson government of 64 to 70 uh, is getting into all sorts of economic problems, devaluation and so on. And the left are saying that when Labour comes to power again, there needs to be a new industrial policy where uh, the government is much more integrated into the workings of the economy. And one aspect of that, according to Tony Benn and his allies, uh, is this uh, 
uh, idea of uh, industrial uh, democracy as part of a broader proposition of democratic control of, of industry. Now, it's not just the left, it's not just the unions who start to show interest of this. The Fabian Society does, the Liberals, and one even hears talk within business of participation and partnership. Come back to what all that means in a moment. And of course, also in 1973, Britain joins we're soon to depart the then common market, and the common market uh, on our accession is looking at the issue and has some draft directives in mind. But what does it all mean? Well, someone on the far left says, I forget who it is, says there are probably as many meanings for each term used as there are people who use it, and it seems to me that's an entirely accurate comment. So the IWC, for example, say they want the complete overthrow of the existing order. I don't think that's what the Fabians or the Liberals uh, or uh, Marketing Weekly had in mind. Uh, and uh, there's a quote there from the British Institute of Management, a vague yearning for greater workers' participation, an entirely fair comment, it seems to me. Now, what happens within the political world is the Heath government is in power from 1970 to 74. They too have a number of economic and industrial problems, which I don't think there's time to go into now, but in any event, they, uh, their, that government falls in 1974, having clashed with the miners. And in the pro while they're in the process of falling, they're having a look at, at company law, um, and they say that um, this is something that needs to be looked at, uh, but there has to be full opportunity for public debate and consultation with both sides of industry. And one of the themes that comes down from government, both Conservative and Labour government, on this issue, as we shall see, is that there needs to be a consensus established between the three partners, as it was then seen in the economy, government, CBI, and uh, the trade unions. Now, um, Labour comes back to power in 1974. <coughs> While it's been out of power, and largely at the behest of the left and Tony Benn, uh, Labour has developed a programme in 1973 uh, which has a number of uh, wide-ranging uh, proposals. In relation to this area, uh, a working group has developed a, a green paper on industrial democracy. Uh, proposing two-tier boards, that's to say there would be a supervisory and a management board, 50-50 representation for workers and shareholders, and workers are, are elected by union machinery. And a key phrase, phrase which keeps being used in this debate is the single channel. So if there are worker directors, they've got to come through the unions and be elected uh, through union machinery. So, um, and at the same time, the TUC comes up with very similar proposals, and Labour's 1974 manifesto uh, makes an undertaking to move forward uh, with this idea. Um, however, uh, Labour gets into power in 1974. It's met with a massive economic crisis, OPEC, inflation at 25%, et cetera, et cetera. And there is a distinct lack of enthusiasm for industrial democracy as a priority. Uh, Giles Radice MP, who was a right-wing Labour MP sponsored by the GMB, uh, nonetheless introduces a private member's bill um, to put into effect the manifesto promises. That isn't very well received.
perceived within government because they don't really want to go that go that route. Peter Shaw, who's then the Trade Secretary, says internally that this bill had been prepared in consultation with the TUC. It went much further than the government's intentions, and indeed the government's intentions seem to be to do very much less than nothing. Um, so what, what is the answer? The answer in Britain is always to appoint a committee of the great and the good, which is done under Alan Bullock, as we shall come to in a moment. Um, and there's this same theme, as I refer to under the Heath government, that there's got to be a regard not only to the views of the TUC, but also of the CBI. Now, the TUC say, well... What are we having a committee for? We've got a manifesto commitment. We've got a policy. Labour's got a money. It's all the same. Why don't you just get on with it? Uh, and in any event, the CBI don't like it, so they're never going to agree. Uh, Peter Shaw says, well, it's all very difficult, so let's have a committee. Uh, and um, I refer there to a referendum. Some people may recall there's been a previous referendum on EU membership, and in 1975 we voted to stay in. That was then seen as a devastating defeat for the left. Tony Benn is demoted within the government from industry to energy, uh, and so this all seems to be part uh, of a backsliding uh, process uh, within government. In any event, uh, the uh, committee is uh, uh, appointed at the end of 1975. Just worth noting that it was not worth noting in 1975 that you would have a committee that was all male, all white, um, and all the great and the good. But that's what they did. So they had three members, trade union members, Jack Jones, Clive Jenkins, and, and David Lee of the TUC. Uh, there was George Bain and, and Wedderburn, who were industrial relations academics, who were basically trade, supportive of the trade unions. Bullock was thought to be supportive, so there was thought to be a majority. Four industrialists and also uh, a lawyer. And, and the, the terms of reference, which had really been... Uh, cobbled together very much in conjunction with, uh, with Jack Jones and the TUC, uh, sort of uh, um, assume the answer to the question, accepting the need for a radical extension of industrial democracy in the control of company by means of representation on boards of directors and accepting the essential role of trade union organisations in this process to consider how an extension can best be achieved. So that's saying, we know what the policy is, it's just a question of how we implement it. And I've got a quote there uh, when I interviewed David Lee for this, that uh, um, he was asked to come on the committee, and he, he was told by Michael Foote, who was then the Employment Secretary and the second most important person in the government, look, Jack's absolutely adamant, determined that it's management's boards via uh, workers' representation on management boards. So there was no, no doubt about what the answer was going to be. Um, and um, so that, so I've, I think I've probably covered that slide. Now, th there were, however, despite the fact that there was an agreed policy and despite the fact the government had set up a committee to implement that policy, there was nonetheless a lot of doubt as to whether this was feasible. First of all, the as was explored at the debate on the uh, seminar on the Donovan Committee about a year ago by this group. Um, the, the, the dominant theme in IR at that time was voluntarism, i.e. the idea that uh, government parliament should step back <coughs> from the industrial field, and the voluntarists, people like Hugh Clegg and Karl Freud, were very doubtful uh, about whether you could impose this sort of thing by legislation, and the fiasco of the Tory 1971 Industrial Relations Act had made them no less doubtful. <coughs> 
Um, there was also a lot of opposition within the trade union movement. So obviously the left, people like uh, Ramelson and Scargill, say, we don't have any truck with this nonsense of committees and workers on the board. We want the revolution today. On the right of the movement, you have people like Frank Chappell, who say, I'm not interested in being on the board. I just want to negotiate uh, for my members. And then you have people like David Baslis of the GMB, again, a key ally of the government, saying, well, you can't go forward uh, as government without consensus among the trade unions, and it ain't there, mate. That's to Jim Callaghan, who takes over as Prime Minister in 1976. Um, as already indicated, the uh, CBI, who are the, the third uh, part of this so-called tripartite partnership absolutely hate the idea of any form of uh, industrial democracy and they use very vivid uh, language, uh, the takeover bid, worst battle in the entire history of the CBI, trench warfare and so on. So they uh, keep uh, upping the ante in their opposition. So the circumstances in which this committee has been born are, in many respects, unfavourable. Uh, January 1977, the report is, uh, committed, is, uh, is published. There's a majority report and a minority report. Basically, the majority report are the trade union representatives, the academics and the lawyer, uh, and the minority are the CBI representatives. Um, the majority basically uh, support the TUC proposals, and they come up with this 2x plus y formula that you would have shareholder representatives on the board, worker representatives on the board, and then a third group of independent uh, directors. Um, the minority, that's the CBI people, say they can't uh, stomach that, and they came up, come up with uh, basically some a rather diluted proposals which would effectively uh, prevent anything very much but happening and they say that's the best way of fulfilling what we regard as a far from satisfactory uh, or even wise remit. Now just re reminding ourselves the idea of appointing this committee was to establish a consensus. The consensus had not been established, it had merely disclosed the lack of consensus uh, which uh, existed. The TUC were happy with that, with the majority report. Jack Jones reported back to them that effectively Congress policy had been uh, supported, but lots of other people were not happy with the report. The Tory party obviously opposed it. Uh, many in the union movement opposed it. Clive Jenkins, who'd been on the committee, his own union didn't like it. The Institute of Director said it was like the Emperor Caligula making his horse a consul. That was a popular uh, uh, phrase at that time because Jim Callaghan had just sent Peter Jay to be ambassador to Washington, his son-in-law, then son-in-law. Uh, the CBI hated it, the IWC didn't like it, the left didn't like it because they saw this as being uh, a recipe for w workers being marooned in a minority uh, in a hostile uh, environment. Um, and then we get a reference to someone called Edmonds there. I'm not sure what happened to him, but uh, he, he told um, a conference in 77 or 78 that the TUC had misjudged the mood of the movement uh, in their proposals. Now, um, in the meanwhile, of course, the government's been has lost its majority. It's now in, in a pact with the Liberals. Uh, it's hit all sorts of economic difficulties. Peter Shaw, who wasn't terribly enthusiastic, has been moved on from his post at Trade 
uh, and replaced by Edmund Dell, who was Dennis Healy's great ally at the Treasury, very much a supporter of uh, public spending cuts and financial orthodoxy. So he's even less enthusiastic than uh, Peter Shaw. Um, and um, what, what happens, uh, not very much happens, and uh, the government says, well, um, we need to have uh, more consultation. And uh, when they have more consultation uh, with the CBI and the TUC, uh, they come to the startling conclusion that it's very difficult to reach a proposal which is acceptable to both sides of industry. Uh, and um, that also there are substantial differences of view within the trade union movement. There are people within government uh, who still want to move this forward. Albert Booth, who's taken over from foot as employment secretary. Shirley Williams, in fact, uh, I think his prices and uh, consumer protection. There are ministers who are pushing this forward, but there isn't a great deal of enthusiasm within government. Uh, a white paper is published in 1978 but nothing happens, and uh, it's really the TUC alone uh, which is seeking to move the matter forward. Um, and so, for example, the, uh, the CPRS Central Policy Review staff write a memo saying, if ministers could devise a bill which the TUC would accept as reasonably satisfactory, would be acceptable to management, would not be liable to repeal or major amendment if there were a change of government, i.e. the Conservatives have get in, have a good prospect of getting through Parliament, it would be a major political success. Well, indeed, that's why you have these very clever people advising you in the CPRS. Now, of course, as some people may remember, the Labour government fell in 1979 at a vote of confidence and was replaced by Margaret uh, Thatcher's uh, Conservatives. They have obviously been considering their position in opposition, uh, and they have no enthusiasm whatsoever, either for the majority proposal or the minority proposal. Uh, and all they do is to propose and eventually enact a change to the Companies Act to take into account the interests of employees, uh, which I don't think really ever had very much effect. Now, why, why then did Bullock fail? Uh, in the 1970s, not, notwithstanding, as I said uh, at the beginning, the very strong position of the trade union movement, the very close collaboration of the trade union movement with the Labour government, and the fact that there was apparently this broad enthusiasm for industrial democracy. Well, um, first of all, I would suggest because although the TUC leadership uh, agreed a policy and agreed a policy with government, there was a lot of dissension within the wider movement. The left, the right, the centre <coughs> all, all had their own reasons for not supporting Bullock-style industrial democracy. The CBI opposition I've already referred to, um, the Conservative opposition I've already referred to. Uh, and um, one thing I think which quite a lot of people were saying whether they were people like Hugh Clegg or the CBI or the, all the uh, Conservatives is that when uh, people look at industrial democracy, one of the things they do, one of the things Bullock did, is they go off to Sweden, they go off to Germany and say, oh, look at this, this is marvellous. They've got fantastically well-functioning economies and fantastically good uh, workers' representation on the boards. Why don't we do that? To which the answer comes is, well, we're not Germany, we're not Sweden, we're Britain. Perhaps a 
precursor of some of the arguments we've heard uh, in the last year. So what actually happens? Well, the answer is not much. Poor old uh, Jack Jones says in his autobiography that he felt overwhelmed by the uh, forces of reaction. Um, the, the involvement of workers in decision-making in their businesses remains astonishingly low. There are a couple of experiments in the uh, public sector at British Steel um, and at the post office, but they are quickly abandoned once the Conservatives come to power. Uh, and of course, uh, as you will know, the agenda of the Thatcher government, for example, at British Steel is massively to reduce it, not a process upon which they would wish worker directors to have a say. Um, so conclusions then, um, I would suggest from that um, story is, first of all, uh, making progress was very difficult, even with an extremely strong trade union movement compared to today, and with a Labour government, neither of which we have at the moment. Um, secondly, uh, even in that context, the fact that the union movement and those who were the intellectual, intellectual outriders of the union movement, like Clegg and Kahn Freud, couldn't agree was a big problem. Um, there was implacable, as compared to the movement, the CBI and the Conservatives had no problem in establishing a consensus amongst themselves, the consensus being that they were implacably uh, opposed. Uh, and um, if we can find, if the, the union movement can find another Jack Jones, um, then uh, we might be in business. So thank you very much indeed. <laughs>